mean, I can't think of a better way to open the show than that. Unbelievable job by Farky there with the tunes. Uh, this is the Never Ending Glory podcast college football show, believe it or not, uh, despite the Major League intro there. We are going to talk some college football, but uh, the four of us, I have to say, are on a, an unbelievable high here right now after the Cleveland Indians. We're drunk, either one. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we call it whatever we want, but uh, the Cleveland Indians are American League champions, fellas, and there's not really a whole lot to say other than unbelievable right now. Fantastic. I it's a, there's a lot of stuff we'll dump it on the MLB pod, but uh, just hats off to everybody top to bottom in the organization. Um, and then Tito is just the best manager in baseball. Yeah, my uh, my voice is, hasn't recovered yet, and I don't I, you know I don't think it will until about a week and a half from now when this World Series is over. So yeah, voice is struggling. Can't imagine after a couple of World Series games, but it's, a, it's quite a feeling, guys. Yeah, top to bottom. You know, we got timely hits, timely, even even if they were just solo home runs. But, I mean, that bullpen and what Tito did to kind of orchestrate through all these injuries with the pitching staff was just amazing. I'm worried about about how this World Series is going to play out when we when we don't have all these called strikes in our favor. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what what are we going to do when yeah. we get some umpires that are fair, we're, man, and not cheating? Yeah. Meanwhile, all the stats basically showed that it was as even as it gets, and as much as they complained about Laz Diaz, Laz Diaz was just as bad for us as he was for them. I feel you, man. At work all week, I've been struggling with my voice. Like, I was thinking today when I was, uh, you know, teaching a class, I'm like, oh, my voice still isn't right. I'm screwed here. Like, it's been it's been five days since Saturday, game two, and, I, and I'm still cashed out so thank god we have a, almost a week off until the world series starts but uh man awesome awesome week it's been an unbelievable ride i'm just hoping to ride it out for another week and a half and uh maybe somehow at the end of this we'll be the last team standing hoisting a trophy but uh for now gentlemen let's talk some college football here in the, in the time that we have here on this uh wednesday evening uh make sure you rate us on itunes if you're gonna only if you're gonna give us five stars follow us on twitter at NAGPodCFB. Follow our baseball show at NEG Pod MLB, and follow Luke and Jerry at Glory Podcast on the in the original Never Any Glory Podcast. Uh, Grilly and Matthew Berry had a little interesting tiff this uh, past week. This earlier this week, uh, Grilly kind of took exception of with something that Matthew Berry said, and Matthew Berry took exception to his exception, and then Matthew Berry gave him a little he gone with the blockage on Twitter. Shall you get that teed up for us? Wow, really? You're blocked, man. Blocked. <laughs> and for the record, uh, us here at Never Ending Glory Sports, we do not block you for disagreeing with our opinions. I mean, if you truth, rate us less than a five star, I'll cut you though. I mean, you sh- you, you should probably disagree with our opinions because last week uh, all of us were under 500 with our picks. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's pretty solid. Uh, Sean Farkey and Schillig were six and eight. I was five and nine. Pretty brutal week. Sean and Farkey are tied for the lead. Overall, medium rare. Yeah, just just a shade under 500, 30 and 31 for them, and I'm a game behind, showing two games behind. So uh, we got some work to do here before we. Uh, uh, I'll say this: in our defense, we have been focused on the tribe so much so that I didn't watch much college football on Saturday. No, uh, and I had to gear up for a move and everything. I didn't, you know, I watched the Browns. I, you know, watched a little bit. I went five and zero in fantasy football and barely watched, you know my squad so i might have to run that back this sunday but uh yeah didn't didn't really watch a lot of college football and i think the results obviously showed for it 
No, I mean, I, I was at the Indians game Saturday uh, from about 3 until 7-something, so I missed the entire 3.30 slate of games. I left the casino to go to the stadium when NC State was driving at the end of regulation, and we found out when we're standing in line to go into Progressive Field that they were ready to kick a field goal to win the game. And then we found out when we got to our seats that they shanked the field goal and Clemson won in overtime. So that's how I found out about that. But we'll get to that game in a second. Uh, Farkey, I want to start with this. The Ohio State Buckeyes last week had a survival-type game at Wisconsin. They ended up pulling it out 30-23 to in overtime. Tough environment, pretty solid opponent. Weather was a factor. They didn't play great, but they found a way to win. Uh, your thoughts watching that game unfold on Saturday night? It was another one of those resilient games. Um, the thing that kind of stuck out to me, and this is uh, this is uh, obviously somewhat of a negative, but JT Barrett, he, he seems to be missing missing some throws. Um, I think he's a, a little more above average thrower than than what maybe some of us have, have been accustomed to seeing over the last year and a half or so. But regardless of that. Um, Weber Jr. still ran the ball hard. Um, I would have liked to seen him get some more carries. They they really committed a lot to Barrett um, with their typical um, typical uh, misdirection, um, outside runs, inside runs. He he did a little bit of all of it. And um, frankly, I think we may be rotating a um, few too many wide receivers in and out. But it's kind of a testament to how athletic this team is and how young they are that, that I think they're still trying to to find who their, their core guys are going to be here to make that final stretch run down at the end of the season. Get a shout-out on the receiver point to uh, our, our boy uh, Nick down in Memphis. Oh, yeah, Nick in Memphis. Yes, he's uh, he's one of our foremost college football um, analysts or uh, experts that we, we go to. Group from email, he, he sent that out kind of midstream in the game, and I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Um and I think you know some of the flaws of JT Barrett are are coming out in addition to just having some receivers that are probably a year away. Well, this was a grow up game for them too. I think they they definitely matured having uh, even though they already came out of the Oklahoma game, but that that of course uh, you know didn't have the challenges that it had throughout the entire course of the game. They got out quick and early in that game. And in this one, they really had to persevere throughout the entire thing and overtime. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a testament to their, their resilience in this game. Yeah. They were down 16 to six at halftime. And, and you guys were texting me complaining about how Paul Chris was out coaching urban. Um, but the key thing in the game really was they were able to hold Wisconsin to three field goals in the first half. It could have been a little bit worse at halftime. And then, Ohio State down 16-6 to and driving early in the third. Barrett throws a pick in the end zone. It didn't look real good at that point, but to Ohio State's credit, they were able to get it together and pull the game out in the end. You know, Wisconsin ran the ball pretty well. They kind of forced Ohio State's offense to get a little choppy like they do at times when things aren't rolling for them. But, again, Urban shows that he's probably, you know, he and Nick Saban, are the best in the country at just finding ways to win games on the road in, in tough environments against good opponents. It did it rain for three minutes. It was the three minutes that were, and it right. poured. Right, right and when they were driving. it was the three most critical minutes. I mean, it started on a second down of um, the series, basically the, the set of downs right before he throws the interception. 
And it was clear that that, that weather and, and the rain in particular played a hand in that because he missed a wide-open guy and threw it about three feet over his head into a, a, a arms in the end zone of, of a Wisconsin defender. I really hope after this game people start to take notice of Sam Hubbard, number six for the Buckeyes. He's he's really been the, the leader on defense, I feel like, this year and um, had, a, had a couple big plays um, throughout the entire game. So uh, he, he definitely deserves a lot of credit, and he was kind of a, a name if you weren't in the, the Buckeyes circle who was maybe under the radar going into the season. But uh, hopefully more on a, a national stand, people start to take more notice of him. Let's bounce around to a couple other of uh, the major games last week from around the country. Clemson, as we mentioned earlier in the show here, were very, very fortunate to get out of uh, their home field with a win last week. It was a noon kickoff, homecoming for Clemson, and they nearly got knocked off by NC State. They were able to pull it out 24-17 to in overtime. Uh, NC State missed a 33-yard field goal from the middle of the field that would have won the game in regulation. And... Clemson escapes with a win and keeps them in the top five, but easily a game they could have lost. Shaw, I know you watched a lot of this game. What were your, your takeaways from this one here? You know, after last year, that that huge term Clemsoning happened a lot. So I think it was a consensus pick for us to take Clemson minus the points. Yep. And actually, even though they escaped a win, they actually should have blown the doors off. Um, if you watch the game, they fumbled inside the 30. And their uh, lead tailback got hurt in that play as well. They fumbled inside the 10, and they fumbled at the goal line. And the first play of the uh, second half, Watson threw a pick six. So uh, NC State didn't play great. They played okay. But, I mean, Clemson did everything in their power to uh, try to try to lose that game there. So they're very fortunate to escape with a win. Uh, maybe Sean could shed more light on it because he, he, he. Yeah, I, caught, I actually score. caught the the fourth quarter of this and into overtime. This this game was obnoxious to watch. I, from the from what I saw in the second half, I didn't see a a team in Clemson that felt like comfortable with what they were doing. Basically, when they get pinned against the wall, they have one option, and it's force the ball to Mike Williams, who interestingly enough was out last year. Um, having Gallman leave left, there's no balance. Watson does not want to run. They don't have anybody else at the running back position that's ready. Clemson is is ripe for the taking, so that might be a, a, a prelude to next week. Uh, however, they just snuck a W because of certain levels of incompetence with NC State at points in time. Just to want to settle for a field goal where they did versus just keep running it the way you are down their throat and getting four and five yards of carry. Just a bizarre kind of shell they went into. Too many coaches love these 35-yard field goals. And how many do we see blocked? How many do we see missed, yanked, pulled? It just it's, – it's kind of – they're, they're staying on 14, you know, when, when the dealers got, you know, showing a seven or something. It, it just – it doesn't make any sense what they do sometimes. Maybe even like a twelve or something. They're yeah. sitting on a. They're, they're just they're staying and and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, I, I was just going to go off Sean's point where Clemson gets in love with running the ball even when they cannot do it. And if you arguably have the number one pick in the draft by him or Kaiser, just just let them ch- let them chuck it around the field. They were getting stuffed, you know, first down run. Stuffed, second and nine. 
running against stuff, third and seven. When I would, I would just let Deshaun just throw it all over the place and see what happens. Well, to your point too, show about about the uh, the challenges that Clemson overcame time after time in this game that that could have really set them back. Didn't they have uh, they converted a fourth and one? They did in overtime. Yeah, there, there's another example right there. And back to the Watson thing, I I don't know. Does he not run the ball because they're trying to commit him to some type of situation, or he has no reason not to run the football? He's not doing it. It's it's a he took an insurance out. He's blown out a knee, and I think he wants to show he's a thrower. When you combine all three of those things, you get reluctancy at the position, and he didn't have reluctancy last year. I think every, anybody that watched him last year, it was grip and rip and do whatever. And this year, there's there's just a level of timidness, uncertainty. He knows he's a first round pick, and he knows the money inherently that comes along with it. The problem is is He's kind of playing so lethargic that I don't know that he's a top five pick. I just I don't see well, it. He if he, if he's not going to run the football, if he's not going to come out of the pocket, he either he has way too much confidence in that offense, or he's just handcuffing the team because it's it, it'll improve their offense with with him running the football. Gallman going out of the game was was a, a a big blow to Clemson. He didn't get to run the ball much in this game. Clemson turned it over four times. They benefited from 13 penalties by NC State. You know, I, I see what Schilling's trying to say there with the fact that they gained a lot of yards and probably could have blown it open. But could Dabo Swinney, like in the interview after the game, not talk about how they found a way to win and, you know, they know how to win? The dude shanked a 33-yard field goal. Can you just come out and say, hey, we were kind of fortunate to win. NC State played well. I mean, I can't stand when these coaches, when it's pure luck that a, a team shanks a field goal from short range and they act like their kids did so much to overcome adversity and find a way to win. You got lucky. Just to freaking admit you got lucky. That, thanking God. I mean, it, it's it, it. those two are one and the same. So God doesn't care about the other side of the right, field. Right, right. It's just like, just say, hey, you know what? NC State played great. We didn't play great today, but we'll take the win. We feel fortunate to get out of here with a win. But to stand there and talk about how you guys found a way to win and this and that, the dude shanked a 33-yard field goal or you would have got beat at your, on your home field. Yeah, and here's the thing. Well, why shy away? Every national champion has needed luck. There's exactly. never been a totally dominant team you know, where they're wire to wire and they haven't gotten beat. And then had a little bit of adversity here or there. Yeah, it's nothing to. You I mean embrace it? It happens. I mean, unless you plan on beating That's everybody the great by thing twenty. About college football, though, the great thing about college football is, it, did anyone on this pod not think that that guy was shanking that field goal? I mean, oh, it was automatic. Shank. Well, I, I was. I mean, I was text, texting furiously to you guys that I can't believe they settled for a mid thirty field goal when they could have gotten six had they just kept pay, playing with a little bit of pace. And just moving the ball methodically, I just it drives me insane. And, and you're setting your kicker up for uh, a field, a pressure field goal on the road, by the way, which is just ridiculous. But in any case, NC State, a brutal loss. We'll get to them again here in a little bit. But the other big game last week was uh, at 3:30 on CBS, and that was Alabama Tennessee. And we spent a lot of time on this last week. But Butch Jones finally got rolled, and I mean rolled. This game was an absolute <laughs> slaughter. If you look at the numbers, Bama outgained Tennessee in this game 594 to 163 in total offense. And I said last week, 
that Bama was getting back to doing what they do. They were running the ball and stopping the run. Bama rushed for 438 yards in this game and allowed 32 yards of rushing by Tennessee. Just completely dominated the game up front on both sides of the ball, and it was a butt-whooping for a good old Butch. Do you understand what you have to do to rush for 400 yards? Do you understand what you have to do to the other team? Absolutely destroy them. A team that was ranked still in the top ten that didn't necessarily deserve to be there, but were still ranked in the top ten? It, 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 was, it was a joke. Pure annihilation. And it couldn't have happened to a bigger jerk. And what do you know, to Shill's point going into the going into the Saturday games on last week's pod, they got another defensive touchdown. <laughs> yeah, we'll say this. this oh, that was a consensus pick. We all felt comfortable there. No, no, it was so, not. It, who, 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 had, who had Butch? Shilling. So, someone's, someone's got a crow. That's me, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He pulled, he, pulled the, uh, he pulled the MO from some of the other pods where he <laughs> completely downplayed the team that he was going to pick. <laughs> I, I, I probably saw 12 plays because this was uh, during Tribes uh, game two. I swear, of the 12 plays I saw, six of them were was Alabama's front four just – Engulfing the quarterback and eating Josh Dobbs for <laughs> unreal. It, it, I, I've never been so excited to just get rolled on a bet. So I'll take the I'll loss. Say, I was pretty happy watching it. I'll say this: if if there's one saving grace for Tennessee, they they kept Josh Dobbs from having to go to the hospital. From what I've read, now maybe he like snuck under the radar to the hospital, but the fact that he didn't get carted off is somewhat impressive. So their offensive line should you know celebrate. Well, if any of you listen to Sunday morning and you listen to Mark May's take, just so you know, take Alabama every week moving forward because they are leaps and bounds better than any other team in the country. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, take. we'll get to uh, that. We, we'll get to touch that one. Yeah, we'll get to that, but uh, just to uh, to piggyback on the Josh Jobs thing, he threw for a total of 92 yards in this game, 92, and had a quarterback rating of 3.7. Not very good. And when you only run for 32 yards and you're getting that kind of quarterback play, not a real good recipe. I had a higher GPA than what he had. Me too. That's pathetic. Me too. Yeah, good call. Step your game up. Yeah. Unfortunately, guys, and this is the worst part, we actually might see this game again. And actually, we probably will see this game again because Tennessee's schedule the rest of the season is a joke. And they only need Florida to lose one other uh, SEC game because they beat them. And Florida still has to play Georgia and go at Arkansas and at LSU. So we may be seeing this game again in the SEC title game. Run it back. SEC football is back. Monitor, was that GPA higher than that in grad school at Notre Dame? It was. It okay. was. Okay. Yes. Suck it, Notre Dame. Let's let's kick it ahead to week eight. And uh, let's just keep with the Alabama theme here because there's really only one major game this week. And that is, of course, Texas A&M going to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. And I got to tell you, the odds makers are catching on to this Alabama thing because Alabama is uh, an 18.5 point favorite in this game. Um, it looks like, Sean, and I know you, you're a big fan of this guy, Miles Garrett, he's going to play, but he's not going to be 100%. How much do you think his health is going to depend on AM staying in this game? It's critical, and it looks to me like Vegas is thinking he's not going to be even remotely effective um, because. I look at this line at 18 and a half. Is that, is that right? Yes, yes, 18 and a half, yeah. 18 and a half is, is offensive for a team 
of A&M stature that can get up and down the field. I did think this game was was at A&M, uh, but I understand it's at, at Bama. I just that's a ton of points for a team that has really good receivers, a strong running back, and a veteran quarterback that beat Alabama the last time he played them. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Three years ago, but yeah, you're right. He did, uh, Trevor Knight was the quarterback, of course, at Oklahoma when he was a freshman that beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl that year. To kind of go off that line, um, I saw I saw this on Twitter today. It's the second highest line between uh, top ten teams the last fifteen years. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2013, uh, Florida State was 21 point favorites um, against Miami. So this is a very very large line between top ten teams that you don't typically see. Yeah, I'm Miami expecting... hadn't played anybody the whole year, and I think they came in six and zero. And um, actually, I, I don't. No, Florida State covered that. I know it was a it was a comfortable victory, but I don't know if they covered that number. Schillig, I, I when I was doing the prep for this game and saw the line, it reminded me of a UConn women's basketball line when they're like number one <laughs> and they're playing like number two or three and they're favored by thirty two. <laughs> I yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, um, the only way A and M can say in this game is I, I I've been pretty high on them and their defense. Their their front seven is very good. If 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 they can keep um if they can keep Jalen upright, I, I think Bama rolls here. But I mean, you could see easily see combined nine ten sacks in this game between the two teams. Farky, your thoughts on this game? My big take on this game is it's really the first time Alabama plays a team that that forces turnovers at the rate that they do in in the same volume. And, and actually, for a team that runs the ball as much as Alabama, A and M is is forced and uh, recovered 10 fumbles. So that could be a factor that plays into it. Of course, though, with Farkey's saves, I think it's it's obvious I'm going to take Alabama here. I, I do think they're the, the more dominant team, and I, I do agree the line is concerning with how high it is, but I'm going to take Alabama. Other picks here? Sean, what's your pick? I'm, I'm taking A&M. Too many points. If, if Bama covers this, there is a little bit of merit to, to Mark May's point. And, and maybe it gains more momentum, but sooner or later that point's not going to last. If college football has shown us anything, is that there's a way that it always naturally brings things down a peg or two. I never thought I'd do this, but I'm actually going to take Bama and lay that big number, which is something I never do. I, I, I'm not getting in front of this Bama train anymore, I don't think, after what just happened when I took Tennessee. So uh, give me Bama. I'm going to take A&M, and, and it's just f- simply for this reason. Bama has played a brutal schedule so far. Texas A&M is coming off a bye week. I, they got a little bit of a, uh, you know, a rest there to get get right for this game. I know Miles Garrett might not be 100%, but I, I don't expect Texas A&M to win this game. But I could see maybe a 41-24 to 24 type win by Bama, and, and Texas A&M still covers the spread without looking great. So I'm going to take the 18.5 here and hope it works out. Uh, that, like I said, is the only marquee game this week. There's a bunch of other decent games that we're just going to kind of run through here pretty quickly. And we'll start on Thursday night, which is the Miami at Virginia Tech matchup, which has kind of become a mini tradition on Thursday nights when it's at Virginia Tech. Um, Miami got off to a great start without playing anybody, and they've dropped their last two games to Florida State and UNC. And Virginia Tech is off a embarrassing loss last week to Syracuse. Sean, your thoughts on this matchup between two ACC teams? I, I love Virginia Tech in this spot. I think Miami's reeling a lot of stuff coming out of Coral Gables. 
that maybe they didn't realize what they signed up for with Mark Rick, Brad Kaya blame. He's coming back next year, which you won't. Um, and then just, you know, this is a perfect spot for those freshman linebackers to maybe play against a team with a run pass option, uh, have to make some reads. And I don't think they're going to make the right ones. I like, I like the Hokies. Yeah. It's been talking about, uh, about these linebackers for a few weeks now. So I, I'm going to buy his take on that. And I'm, I'm also going to take Virginia tech. I was, I was very high last week in, with Miami against UNC. <laughs> they, they screwed me there. Hey, I'll, I'll eat crow when I need to trust me. Farky's faves isn't, uh, isn't always coming through, but uh, definitely did not like what I saw out of Miami last week, and and Virginia Tech isn't bad, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with the with Virginia Tech. I was actually going to go to this game. Uh, I had tickets as of about two weeks ago, and then um, you realized you had a life. Well, the the, the whole strike at the uh, at the high school where I coach at um, caused us to have to not go to this game, so. I, I, I think I actually think Kai is injured. I, I don't think he's hundred percent and we got his tooth knocked out against Florida State and he was awful after that. I, I, purely purely based on that wear a mouth guard, bro. hundred percent or not, uh just give me Virginia Tech as well. Make sure you wear one with the teeth too. Those yeah, are awesome. Like like Jose Bautista. Cool, man. <laughs> I'm gonna take Virginia Tech as well. I think it's a spot for them to bounce back. And if they're if they're down in the dumps at all about losing to Syracuse, what better way to get fired up again than to play Miami at home at night on Thursday night? Um, Miami has struggled against the meat of their schedule, playing some tough teams back-to-back-to-back, so I'm going to take uh, Virginia Tech at home to win by a Real quick, yeah. real quick, yeah. the Dino Babers, if, you, if folks haven't seen that, look it up on YouTube after game speech of that. When athletes, you know, and you hear Barkley and the guys on inside the NBA all the time talk about, you know, the camaraderie and the stuff they miss the most, locker rooms after wins, after big wins, you got a glimpse of it in that two and a half minutes, and that was really, really neat to watch. For the sake of my pick, I want to backtrack real quick, just a second, just to confirm, Alabama is playing Texas A&M, not Texas, correct? That is correct. That's okay, correct. got it. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, though. I appreciate that. Uh, Thursday night, late game this week, BYU is going to Boise State. It seems like BYU is playing a pretty solid team every week. It doesn't get any easier this week going to Boise on the blue turf. Boise is undefeated, and they pretty much need this game to be the group of five representative because they don't have anybody of note on their schedule the rest of the way. So, uh, Shilling, thoughts on this matchup late Thursday night? Yeah, it kind of led me into my point. I hate this game, so I kind of just looked at schedules and see if it was a step up for Boise State, and it was. Their best win is Washington State, which actually is a good win now, but the rest of their schedule's been garbage. BYU's played an unreal schedule. The worst teams they've played is Mississippi State and Toledo, and Toledo's probably the top, uh, probably the second best team in the MAC. So, purely based on that, give me uh, BYU in the points. I'm going to take Boise. I, I kind of go counter to that. I think BYU is just kind of the war and nutrition on their body and the travel. I think Kett comes up to, to kind of nip them here a little bit. I like Boise State, Blue Turf. I am also going to take Boise State. A little history uh, with Boise State and me. Back in 2010, when they, they really started to have, get their program rolling on a national level, I, I took them every single week with my roommate, Jake. <laughs> I mean, it, it was – Phenomenal. They were covering by an average of like 11 to 15 points a week. And 
This year, they're they're obviously not the same team they were back then, but they've gotten back to really covering games this year. So in that simple aspect, I'm, I'm going to go Boise. I'm also going to go Boise. Like I said, I think BYU is the best team left on their schedule, and they know that. They have to win this game to get a, a New Year's Six Bowl, so they'll be up for this game. And, and actually, this is a revenge game for them. They lost on a Hail Mary last year to BYU earlier in the year. So I'm going to take Boise minus seven. One more game before we get to Saturday, and that's Oregon at Cal late on Friday night. This game will probably be in the 50s or 60s because both defenses are god-awful. Sean, your thoughts here? <laughs> yeah, Oregon sucks. I'm taking Cal. I mean, they really suck. <laughs> I can't take Cal. I'm taking Oregon. They, they've been so up and down all year, but... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Oregon for no other reason other than the fact that, that I don't like Cal's team. I, I got to be honest. We got to stop the pod here and talk about that because that was an underdog pick from Farkey. And other than the <laughs> other than the Memphis, uh, well, he picked Tulane last week against Memphis just out of principle. But other than that, it was all favorites last week. And, and so we're far, getting to that game too. Yes. We are covering that game in depth. I'm making a point on that. <laughs> so congratulations, Jay. Well, I mean, don't give me too much credit. It was It's three, isn't it? He, he also made it's a three. hate pick. Yeah, it's three. He actually made the pick solely based on hating another team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I won't bet Cal. Well, uh, I will bet Cal. Uh, I, I'll take the home team here. And, you know, who, who knows who's going to win this game because both defenses are that bad. But I think Oregon's in the tank. So I'll take Cal here, Shill. I just looked it up. The over-under is 87.5. Cal's off a bad loss to Oregon State. Oregon is 0-5 against the spread. I think that continues. I think Cal bounces back. Give me Cal as well. You you guys ready for this one? Points against nationally ranked Oregon, 281st. Cal, 273rd. Take the over. (laughs) How's that possible when there's only like 120 teams? No, no, they they've changed that considerably. There's, I think, are they using like one double A now? Yeah, they include that in that as well because teams are scheduling those teams. Oh, all right, it makes sense. All right, let's move to Saturday at noon. Big Ten game at Kinnick Stadium. Rivalry game: Wisconsin and Iowa. Wisconsin, a three and a half point favorite at Iowa. Wisconsin is off two straight close losses to top three teams. They lost by a touchdown to Michigan and Ohio State. And Iowa was able to blow out Purdue last week at home. Thoughts on this game, Farkey? Wisconsin, they're desperate. I, I would not want to be Iowa playing this team. I think that that, that they're the type of players that, that aren't going to let the fact they lost to probably two of the best five teams in the country be in back-to-back weeks. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Badgers here. I, I really like them here. So this is my, my Farkey's faves game of the week. Very nice. Show. Well, since you said that, this line made no sense, but since it's your Farky State game of the week, give me Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. That's out of principle. I like that. Just remember where you're ranked in the standings. Ooh. Whiskey. That's it. I'm just going Wisconsin. Is that what you're drinking, or that's your pick? I drank that earlier. Okay. But yes. Very good. Yes, yes, on all accounts. Uh, I'm going to take Wisconsin as well. Uh, I think they bounce back here. I, I don't like giving three and a half on the road in a rivalry game, but uh, I, I was kind of impressed watching Wisconsin last week against the Buckeyes, so I'm probably 
prisoner of the moment here, and Iowa's looked awful in the games I've seen them, but I'll take Wisconsin in this game. This is also my line stretch game of the week. This game should be around 11 or 12. Oh, yes! Great. Yes! Hey, thanks, Jay, for that. We'll just go ahead and get Schillig right back into the hunt here. <laughs> NC State at Louisville. We talked about NC State-Clemson game last week. We didn't talk about the Louisville-Duke game, and uh, that was a game that we all got wrong. We all picked Louisville to cover the spread uh, heavily against Duke last week. I think on Friday night, I got to give a shout out to uh, Michael Luciani on Twitter at Bankers Love Naps. We, I, I, I tweeted that everybody was, you know, great was, handle name. Yes, yes, was all over uh, Louisville last week, and he said, "I'll take thirty-five points any day of the week." And any day of the week. Yeah, and I said, "We'll see." And he was right. So I told him I give well, him a shout out on the podcast. His name is now in the drawing for a t-shirt, right, yeah, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. So Michael Luciani at Bankers Love Naps, congratulations. You were right. We were wrong. Louisville did not cover last week. I am picking them to cover this week. 19-point spread at home against NC State. I think NC State is gassed. After the last two weeks, they beat Notre Dame. They had a crushing loss last week against Clemson. Louisville didn't get the blowout game last week. I think they'll bounce back this week and, and put up some numbers. So I'm taking the Cardinals. agree with everything you said. They, they have to be impressed going down the stretch because I don't see them getting ahead of very many one-loss teams here with just wins over Florida State and Houston. So I expect them to start blowing some teams out. I'll go back to the well. I'll take, I'll take uh, Louisville as well. I'd, I'd be really interested to know how how NC State's kicker spent his Sunday last week. It it really interests me well, because that guy he shouldn't have attended class. If I, if I were him, I, I'd a lot just of classes play. on Sunday. No, the the remainder of the, the next week. Sorry, so, Sunday had to be a tough day for him. Farky, you, you, you had some real pointed takes on Saturday when that kick was missed. I have to say, I was pretty I was laughing pretty hard at the, some of those uh, comments you were making there. You're not a big fan of kickers. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a big fan of kickers missing missing game winning kicks. No, especially when you're the underdog significantly. So I'm going Louisville here. NC State sucks. Although they did beat Notre Dame. Well, well we're Notre not Dame talking sucks. about them this week on the pod. Move on. They Damn it. Suck. Oh my god. Nice dumpster fire for a program honor. <laughs> Your pick, Sean. Oh, I keep thinking I've already picked. I'm taking Louisville. Consensus pick here, guys. Boom, done. Moving on to the SEC. Arkansas at Auburn. And this line puzzles me quite a bit. I know Auburn has been playing better. Both teams are ranked, by the way. Arkansas had a nice win last week against Ole Miss. And they go on the road to Auburn getting 9.5 points. A little bit puzzling. I'm going to take the bait and take Arkansas here. But, uh, Schilling, this line is kind of confusing here. What do you think? This line this makes right, this is right up his alley. I know. Yeah. So you ready for this? This line makes no sense. I, I have no idea. So give me Auburn. Yeah, that's what? exactly what I was. That, that's that's the thing. When when the line makes no sense and you think that you have to take Arkansas, that's when you should probably take Auburn. But I'm not going to because I can't take Gus Malzahn giving that many points. Man, I'm, this is easy for me. I'm going Arkansas. <laughs> wow. I'm taking favorites and Farky's taking underdogs. What's what a week. Do you know college football's flipped on its head at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe it either. I, I I mean, I'm going Arkansas as well. When I saw this, I actually thought it was a joke. I checked to see who was out for Arkansas. No, nobody overly significant um, other than Brett Bielema is still their coach, and he's an idiot and a fat toad. But 
Um, yeah, it's just too many points for me. When did Auburn get good? That's my question. Well, uh, Wait, you, you don't put any stock in with the writers, though? Uh, the writers know the same stuff that I know. They just interpret it different. <laughs> I'm with you, but that line is fishy. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Moving along to the Big Ten, back to the Big Ten, Purdue is going to Nebraska this week, and I bring this game up because Daryl Hazel was fired over the weekend by Purdue. 9-33 and in his three-plus years at Purdue. An awful tenure. Shelly, you got something to say for him? Daryl Hazel's gone. Gerald, Gerard Parker is taking over as interim coach for the rest of the year. He's a wide receivers coach. Daryl Hazel's tenure was so bad at Purdue that I'm going to go ahead and bet that they play a little bit harder for somebody else, and I'm not sold that Nebraska's that great to give 24, so I'm going to take the points with Purdue here. Purdue's a dumpster fire. Program sucks. Give me Armstrong Ooh, in Nebraska. Boy, you can't have much conviction in that statement. I, I don't. These Both these teams suck. I'm like, yeah, they, they, I'm drunk. <laughs> Here's my hot take. Watch, watch Hazel get hired back by Kent State because they are awful as well. So that'd be hilarious. Um, I think Nebraska sleepwalks with this game. They got a couple big games coming up. So I think 24 is too much. Give me Purdue. This gives me an opportunity to gleam a little bit from last week's picks because I saw you guys on the side taking Purdue and just was laughing behind my <laughs> Hey, they almost came back and covered that game. They did. They did. But but like everybody everybody mentioned, the, the final did not reflect the tone of that no, game. It no. was an absolute <laughs> beating, and Purdue is god-awful. They just stopped the fight in the second round. Oh, that's, clearly. That's absolutely. the type of I was actually listening to this game on my way up to the Indians game, and it was comical. They, they were the Purdue uh, home announcers brought on Bob Greasy just to have something positive to talk about during the game because it was that bad. And he's practically dead. Yeah, yeah, he sounds it. Farky, who are you taking here? I'm guessing you're taking Nebraska. Nebraska, book it. I agree with Shill's take. I think my this take. Is not, no, I agree with Shill's take. They got a couple big games coming up against Wisconsin, Ohio State, so oh, I think okay. they roll here. Oh, you just went opposite of it. Yeah, you, okay. He, okay. That's kind of not how a look at spot goes. <laughs> well, well, that, that that is the second time in this pod where he has has talked about a reason to to maybe take them, and then went the other way. Moving to the Big Twelve, TCU is headed to Morgantown this week to play the Hog. Dana Holgerson's team is five and zero. They're ranked twelfth in the country. They're a six and a half point favorite against Kenny Trail. And TCU. Shelly, your thoughts on this game? I know we're getting into it next game. We all hate Cliff. I might hate Gary Patterson more. Um, Monitor, you mentioned you don't want to ever have a beer with Cliff Kingsbury. I don't I don't want to be within 10 feet of Gary Patterson because I'm either going to get spit on or sweat on. That being said, I don't know if West Virginia is that good. Give me TCU. Wow, and he did the 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 Mark Z reverse take um, that I actually did in the NFL pod about three times tonight because again I'm drunk. I'm taking the Hulk. This is a rally point game. Get the couches ready to burn. Morgantown is about to light it up come Saturday night. Hulk doesn't have po- uh, positivity in the future as you look at the schedule ahead, but he's got to come Saturday. He's going out on the town kicking a few back, hangover Sunday. It's celebratory mode, and Hulk is going to cover. 
I, I do like TCU a little bit in this game, just uh, just because I have watched them play earlier in the season. But I, I will not stray away from the Hulk. I've been betting them all season. I'm sticking with the Hulk. I know TCU puts up a lot of points, has a lot of offense, but Hulk is adamant that his defense is hard for him to attack right now. He's happy with the way they're playing. I'm going the Hulk in West Virginia. Oh, man, this is a tough game for me to play. Uh, the last time that TCU played a game, they beat Kansas 24-23. to Kansas. Kansas. But they did have a week off. I think this is a spot because West Virginia, West Virginia played well last week. They spanked Cliff squad on the road. I'm taking TCU in the points. I don't, I'm not convinced they win. I think they cover. I'll take the 6.5. Oklahoma is... Going to the aforementioned Cliff Kingsbury's residence in Lubbock. They're playing at Texas Tech this week. They're a 14-point favorite. I think this is the Gus Johnson game. And there's a propensity for them to put up a lot of points on Texas Tech squad. Your thoughts on this game, Sean? Perrine's out. Um, P. Ryan. So, you know, there'll be a little – yeah, P. Ryan. I, I constantly mess his name up. Um, he's out. I think a hamstring or something. Baker Mayfield return, so I think that'll get played up big time. I think Mayfield might be a little bit over-anxious, but he's going against Texas Tech's defense. And if there's anything that can cure just about anything that ails you offensively, it would be playing against Texas Tech's defense and Cliff's stupid face. I'm taking Oklahoma big, like 52-24 to big. I'm taking Oklahoma. We've got a, a little bit of a, a chip on the shoulder for Mayfield. He, I do have this right. He transferred, didn't he, from Texas Tech? He left after freshman year. They took a year of eligibility, even though he was a walk-on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He walked on at Oklahoma, so I, I know he, he walked on at Texas Tech. He walked on at Oklahoma. Oh, well, he had to because they um, wouldn't release him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, in any event. Uh, there's got to be a sour taste there. He, he hates that coaching staff. Um, I, I actually don't mind the fact Kareem's out. I, I, I haven't agreed at all with the, the number of carries he's taken away from Mixon this year. That guy's a stud. So I'm going to go Oklahoma. Over-under is 85-and-a-half, gentlemen. That's Big 12 football. Um, Tech Tech look off offensively. I think they bounce back. I think 14 is too much for a team that's going to score. So... Unfortunately, give me Cliff and the Red Raiders. Yes. Oh, I can't do it. I got to take Oklahoma here. I, <laughs> I, I, I thought they'd score last week. I mean, is is West Virginia's defense like the new Bama or or what? I mean, they got shut down at home. Maybe Cliff, maybe our Dana squad's better than I think. But I'm taking Oklahoma minus fourteen here on the road. Buckeyes game this week is at Penn State. It's a night game. It's a whiteout. Whiteout. I mean, can we can we drop it with the whiteout? I mean, don't you have to be good for it to matter that you're doing a whiteout? I mean, it's one thing when it's like 05 and Penn State's good, but you know, Penn Ohio State, State's going to wear white. It, it, it it's bizarre. Penn State, Penn State stinks. Who cares if it's a whiteout? Every team comes comes up with some gimmick, but for some reason, Penn State gets all this notoriety because it's a whiteout. They stink, Farky. I did read a hot take earlier today that uh, Penn State showers are dirtier than Johnny Manziel's nasal passages. So um, I'm not. It was the other way around. Alabama put it on a frat house or something and said they're the only thing cleaner than Penn State showers 
is Johnny Manziel's na- uh, n- n- nasal um, passages. You're correct. You are correct. Point taken. Again, in any event, it's a dirty school. I'm not betting that dirty school. I'm going the other way. Taking my Buckeyes. Man of principle. <laughs> oh, you took the Buckeyes as favorites? Okay. Buckeyes as favorites. Yeah, they, they were favored by 19 and a half. It's Farky's faves. I got to stay true to my, my listeners. Way to build that brand, Jay. Proud of you. Guys, this line makes no This line's begging for Ohio State money. And because of that, I'm taking Penn State. I'm taking Penn State, too. I, I, I Actually, I think Barkley, and I think they spread it out a little bit. Um, I think the weather gets a little bit south on it. I, I know we're, we're going to start to get some rain here. It's going to turn and get a touch colder. I, I, Ohio State wins fairly comfortably. I just think it's a 17-point game, maybe a 14-point game. Oh, bullshit. You're trying to keep a happy home. <laughs> you think she listens to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, she don't. <laughs> Actually, she plays it silent just to get the counts up. <laughs> Team player. Yeah, there you go. There, there's a woman for you. <laughs> what you got, Matt? I'm taking Ohio State. I, I, I just, I, they, they just it, too many times in these spots they roll. I'm going to take Ohio State. Ole Miss at LSU. Two teams that are barely still ranked. Ole Miss had a what I consider to be a bad loss last week against Arkansas. They're going on the road to Eddie O's squad. LSU is a six-point favorite at home. I'm taking the points with Ole Miss in this game. I think they bounce back. Your thoughts on this, Farky? I'm taking Ole Miss as well. Um, just like them in this game. I think they're the better team. I think they cover the points. Pretty simple. Ole Miss. I hate this game. I'm... I'm- it opened at three, moved up to six. Uh, purely based on that, uh, give me Ole Miss as well. I'm the same way. I'm not a big fan of this game. I think it's super close. Um, I'm in a confidence pool, and this was on there as well as Arizona, Seattle for pro, and I didn't like looking at either of uh, that game and this game. Um, but looks like we got a consensus pick with Ole Miss this week. Yep. That, you're a huge Chad Kelly supporter, so that makes yeah. sense. Pac-10 late game on Saturday night, Washington State at Arizona State. Mike Leach's team is giving seven at Arizona State. I, for one, think that's too many. I'm going to take Arizona State in this game. You guys' thoughts here? I think it's a perfect spot for uh, Arizona State. Um, I think Washington State's kind of floating a little bit. Big win last week that I think some of us at least predicted. Um, I like Arizona State. I'm taking my man, Mike Leach. He doesn't like little fat girlfriends. I don't like little fat girlfriends. I'm taking Washington State. <laughs> uh, actually, Washington State probably has three, th- three decent wins recently. Uh, Oregon at Stanford and UCLA. So I think it's kind of a letdown spot. It's kind of a trap game. So give me uh, Arizona State in the points. A few more to get through here, guys. I want to throw this out to you. We have two top five teams that are playing home games with big spreads this week. Michigan is hosting Illinois, and they're 35.5-point favorites right now. I think it opened up at like 28, Shield. Does that sound right? That's correct. Okay. And then Oregon State is going to Washington, and they're 30. Washington's 36.5-point favorites. So instead of picking each game, let me throw it out to you guys this way. Let's, let's, let's do something different. Are you taking Michigan and Washington minus 72, or are you taking Illinois and Oregon State plus 72? Ooh, Are, you really teeing that? Game. Are you teeing that up for me? I'm teeing it up. Go ahead, Jay. Oh, my gosh. Farky's face. 
So you're I, actually, I actually like Illinois totally based on that. Uh, give me the underdogs. Shockingly, right? <laughs> I, I would I would take the favorites in that just because one of these two games has a potential to be seventy to seven. <laughs> so I, under that scenario, I would take them. That said, I would actually individually. I think I like Illinois, Washington as the yeah, two. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I would have done as well, Sean. Yeah, I, I really hope that we can get something similar in one of these games, to Sean's point, as what we had with the Rutgers blowout a few weeks ago, where they just shut down the school Twitter account in what, the first end of the first quarter, Shill? I think you meant Midway. Midway. Well, I mean, if, if, that's, if it's the same kind of game, then uh, Michigan would cover the spread on their own because they won by 78, and this is a 72-point <laughs> spread combined. Um, I don't know what I'm going. What I would want to do here, I guess, just give me the 72, and I'll hope that one stays relatively close. But uh, I'll take I'll take the 72. Hopefully, that maybe in the Midwest the weather's kind of bad, and, and the game is a little bit closer than expected. There, one more game to tackle this week, and you know, you guys know what time it is. It's Memphis Matt game of the week, and as Shillig, yeah. as Schillig mentioned last week. Memphis is playing an option team for the second week in a row. They're going to Navy this week. They're a two-point favorite at Navy. And Sean and I had Memphis last week. You other guys had Tulane. And, frankly, it was a bad beat. It actually made Scott Van Pelt show. It was an epic bad beat. I sent it, actually, the video of it. I didn't realize because we were at the Tribe game how bad of a beat it was. The week before was a bad beat against Temple. This was a different stratosphere. It was 24-7. The line was 13, right? Uh, it was 12. 11 and a half, I think. 11 and a half. Even, yeah, even worse. It's 24-7. They have the ball at the 35-yard line. They're going in to score with two minutes and 38 seconds to go running back fumbles. They go down the field after two or three penalties. Then they get a phantom penalty of Illegal contact, pass interference, who knows what the ref's called. At this point, there's 45 seconds left, actually. They actually reverse an interception that a guy had when they called it, and then naturally Tulane uh, gets a a rushing touchdown on third down, I think, for a cover. It was an obscene. The refs should be fired and deported, even if they're from this country. The only reason that we tied last week, Farky, is because of that game. I should have won. You should have lost. This is ridiculous. I'm taking Memphis this week. I'm riding the Tigers. They're going to cover for sure. You can lock it. You can put it in stone. I don't care. You could, you could take it up to whatever mountain uh, Moses was on. I, I, I can't remember. It's a lock. Done. Well, let me give you guys my, the quote of the week. Th- this quote comes from uh, head coach of Memphis, Mike Norvell. He says, I think you're seeing growth in every area and a lot of guys that are playing at extremely high levels. So with that in mind, I'm taking Memphis again this week. Easy pick for me. I, I do not bet Memphis. I'm a man of principle. Uh, what Sean said, that, that has absolutely no influence on my pick because the video you sent, I didn't even watch it because it looked like it was recorded with a Betamax. So <laughs> this is my principal pick of the week, Navy. I'm going to take the home dog, Shill. You better follow suit. He, already I, made, he made his pick last week on the pod, actually. I made my pick last week. I said two straight weeks playing an option team. So I, I, I'm a man of principle as well. 
So give me Memphis, Matt. Oh, goodness. Next week, we need to get Memphis Matt on for a little three-minute three spot that he can cover off on the game and talk and gloat about the squad down in uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm kind of disappointed this game's not like Thursday night, Friday night. It's actually Saturday afternoon at 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. So it's national TV, big high-profile game, but nobody's going to be watching because there's other big games on. It's too bad. Well, I also don't hate our forces like you guys do, so uh, here we go. <laughs> wow. Guys, anything for the good of the order to add to, uh, or any other games that you maybe you like that we didn't talk about on this uh, on the slate here? No, I got to hit the hay. I'm whooped. Nope, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about extending my lead this week, so that's about all I have. We'll see. Yeah, I, I got a lot of it. I, I, we got three games where I'm on one side, you guys three on the other. About to have a new leader, guys. Boom. Oh, you're I, high after, now. Listen, after after two weeks, two weekends in a row of basically living at Progressive Field and the casino, I'm very thankful that the Indians closed that series out tonight so I do not have to go back up there this weekend. I can save my energy for the World Series. I'll be happy to kind of lay low and watch some football this weekend. Um, guys, it was good chatting after the Tribe clinched the World Series spot. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at NEGPodCFB. Check out our MLB account as well and look for uh, a baseball show here dropping soon. I'm talking about the Indians becoming American League champions and looking ahead to the World Series. Follow us there at NEGPodMLB. And check out Luke's Beef with Matthew Berry on at NEG, or sorry, at Glory Podcasts and see what's going on with those guys on the NFL side of things. Gentlemen, we will talk to you guys next week. Go Tribe. Enjoy week eight. Send us out with the music, Fargy. Go try.